Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey, 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 good evening, Facebook family. Welcome to another episode of Post Daily Dose with me, your trusted parenting advisor, faithful guide and servant on the healing journey. What's my name? Big Papa Brian Post. Hope everyone is having a fantastic, magnificent Monday and that you've been super productive and super mindful and super present and super patient and super enlightened. How beautiful is that? Tonight on The Daily Dose, we are going to talk about bedtime problems with a four-year-old. Had a question come in from one of our viewers, um, and it came in at the end of last week. So, Mom, forgive me if I, I don't remember your name right off the top of my head, which I do not because I only get I never have connection problems when I'm in studio, so I'm not even riding around, driving around. I was actually thinking about going to the park today because it's so beautiful outside, but I got wrapped up in a project, so I didn't get a chance to slip away. So here we are. Okay, so let's get into this. I'm going to read this question for you guys, then we're going to talk about it. It says, Hiya. I'm loving your YouTube clips and Facebook Live and wondered if you've done anything on bedtime. Our AS4, hello Brenda, Manic Monday, our AS4, I'm assuming that means Adopted Son 4, I've not heard that acronym before, but that's pretty slick. Our AS4 has been home 2.5 years, which means you got him when he was about a year and a half, this is very important, so that puts him at close to 18 months old, which is full-on amygdala, amygdala development, and still another 18 months out until we hit the hippocampal development. So probably a suppressed oxytocin response as well. So see, we listen out, we kind of look at all of these things as we're reading questions, we start formulating. This is how Big Papa does it anyway. So one and a half, got him, hey Lisa. So one and a half, we don't know the exact history. That's a history can be very important, especially when it comes to sleep. Not so much that you have to know all the details of the history. It's just knowing that, you know, if the child was adopted, the child's been in foster care, if the child was living on the streets, if the mom was a drug addict, um, if the mom was in a domestic violence situation, hey, Caitlin, then it's important to know that in pregnancy, in utero, your little guy, his circadian rhythms were all disrupted. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I haven't even finished the question yet, and I'm just going to tell you right now, what's going on with him probably has something to do with a, an in utero birth reunion period. There's probably something going on right now that's reflective of some trauma that's gotten stirred up for him, pre-verbal trauma that he's not aware of, you're not aware of, and it's causing some escalation. So our AS4 has been home 2.5 years and has always been an amazing sleeper. Going to bed and staying asleep hasn't been a problem until three weeks ago. So he's four years old. Three weeks ago, it became a problem. Hey, Shannon. Um, now he won't stay in his room. Seems like he thinks it's all a huge game, although I suspect there's more to it than that. Does all he can to get a reaction, trashing his room, racing around the house, Violence towards me, if I don't react, it goes on. It's like his brain can't switch off. Now, this is something that's really important. Mom says, now he won't stay in his room. Seems like he thinks it's all a huge game. So this is, this is important because a lot of times 
we misinterpret children's laughter and their smiles and the look on their face. We misinterpret that as happiness or joy when in fact it's anxiety. And I suggest that that's probably, hey Jen, I suggest that that's probably what you're looking at is you're looking at anxiety. In fact, that's how I want you to see it. Because when we, when we know that there's an expectation, but for whatever reason, our brain is not in a state to allow us to cooperate because of our brain is wanting to do what our brain is wanting to do, then don't look at it as don't look at it as him just having a good time or trying to get a reaction because when you look at it that way, you're actually setting yourself up to feel victimized by him. And when you set yourself up, when you set yourself up to feel victimized by your four-year-old, what's going to happen is you're going to stress out. It's going to create more anxiety. It's going to create more fear for the both of you. And then ultimately your interactions with him, even if you're trying to be really calm and even if you're looking really calm, still has the feeling of walking on eggshells because Alan Shore says the core of the self is nonverbal and unconscious, thus lies in patterns of affect regulation, which means it's not what you say or do, it's how you feel when you're doing and saying it. So it's very important. Try not, try not to look at it as him having a good time and trying to get a reaction. He's just freaking stressed out. And he is getting a reaction from whatever energy and whatever vibration you're sending off. So that's important to keep in mind. Okay, so you say it's like his brain can't switch off. I'm not sure how to approach. If I stay in his room with him, he goes loopy, laughing and bashing around. So here's something I want you to do. When it is, so there's a, a lot of things I want you to do. Let me finish. See, I, this is why when I read, I am going through this exactly the way it happens in my brain. As I go line by line, I'm formulating. And so sometimes it's hard for me to even get to the bottom of the paragraph because I'm already formulating. I'm already seeing things that probably could be uh, spoken to or addressed before we even get to the end. Hey, good evening, Ashley. So. Let me finish it. If I stay in his room with him, he goes loopy, laughing and bashing around, pretending to be asleep, then jumping out of bed laughing as soon as I later leave the room. I'm I've taken to sitting outside the room to provide parental presence. That's awesome. But it's taking hours for him to finally go to sleep. I'm sure this must be common for many families in our situation, so I'm hoping you may be able to cover it at some point. Great, great, great. Fingers and toes are crossed. So here we are. Okay, so. Hey, Jessica. Um, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. So we want to keep in mind brain development. Brain development is really important when we're, when we're talking about little guys because he, his brain can hit stages. Now his brain's going to be de developmentally delayed because of not a severe developmental delay per se, emotional his his emotional development is going to be delayed let me say that his emotional development is going to be delayed based on his history so you just compare a child that comes from a normal environment the the child that comes from good i'm glad this is going to be helpful for you angela a child that comes from a normal environment versus a child who comes from a stressful environment as the as the development is occurring the child coming from a more regulated consistent predictive nurturing environment their development is going to go a lot faster now physically these two children still look the same but one is their development is going a lot slower so where this child their brain so their brains may be full on developed their amygdala is full on developed to 18 months 
this child's amygdala could even have exceeded this normal child's amygdala development because this child's development, their amygdala is under so much stress early in life, so there's hyperdevelopment. So they may have exceeded this child's amygdala development. So finally at 18 months, this child's amygdala development comes online, but then their emotional development starts to pick up faster and faster and faster, and this one stays stuck. And so because this one is staying stuck, what happens is the, the stages of development as they occur, so six months, 12 months, 18 months, it's delayed. So at two, you've, you've got him at a year and a half, and so he's now four. So you would think that the hippocampus comes on at three, but for him, the, his hippocampal development may have just snapped in. I mean, it, some synapse could have just occurred in his brain that just went, boom, hippocampal, hippocampus comes online, which is excellent because it's going to allow him to think more clearly and, and, and be able to operate a little more effectively in the situation of stress. But what that could also mean, and I'm, I don't want to complicate this for you guys, but I'm just giving you scenarios to consider what it could also mean is that now instead of going to sleep because you said he's always been a good sleeper, see some parents associate a child who goes to bed, goes goes immediately to sleep and sleeps all night as being a good sleeper when in fact the child's brain is just reacting to stress. They go from a hyper-aroused state of stress to a hypo-aroused state of stress and they just shut down from exhaustion. So the sleep is actually coming from an exhaustive state as opposed to regulated circadian rhythms. Very, very, very important. So the child, he could be, he could have been making it really easy on you all this time because you see him as being this really good sleeper. What is then happening is that he's not allowing you to help his circadian rhythms to regulate. He's still just operating out of exhaustion. So it goes from hyper from hyperactive to exhausted. Hyperactive to exhausted. And then so you've missed that opportunity to create, even though you've created some oxytocin for him during this period of time he's been with you. But what could ha what could be happening for him is that his brain's hit this new stage of development where he's now relying on the regulation of his circadian rhythms to help him settle down for sleep. And it's he's having a really hard time doing it. So this is where what you're doing. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to move into this a little deeper now. I want you to stop seeing all the loopy and the laughing and all the intentional trying to get you upset. I want you to see that as stress and anxiety. And I want you to see it as stress and anxiety and fear. Stress and anxiety and fear that he's unable to regulate effectively himself. Now, here's the challenge. You've got to regulate your brain. You've got to regulate your own anxiety because Remember, you're going to be tired. It's going to be bedtime. So what we want to do is we want to start cutting off the television and all the electronics two hours before bedtime. We want to do some kind of, some kind of bath time routine. We want to turn the lights down in the house. We want to pull all the sensory stimulation down in the house. And then we want to get a book. We want to start reading a book to him in bed. Now, this I don't know at what point the anxiety sets in, but at some point, he's going to start to amp up. That's okay. Keep calming yourself. This is a process. And it can be a very short-term process or it can end up being a very long-term process. Calm yourself down. Pull yourself down. 
he's going to be amping up. you got to pull yourself down. Because if he amps up and then you amp up with him, then both of you are going to be amped up. And even though you're sitting outside of that door for parental presence, emotionally you're gone, you're pissed, you really want him to go to bed, and then it just creates and generates more anxiety. So you got to calm yourself down. you got to see him as being anxious, see him as being stressed, and see him as being in fear and unable in that state to regulate himself. So he requires your adult regulatory presence. You have to be regulated because if you're just trying to be calm but inside you're not, it's not going to be helpful. So instead of sitting outside of the room, I want you to stay in the bedroom with him. And don't ignore him. Just say, honey, I know it's really difficult for you to be able to fall asleep. And here's another thing I'd advise. See if he'll take a bottle. See if he'll take a bottle Put some, some nice warm milk, a little honey in it, something something a little bit sweet, not real sugary, but a little bit sweet because that what that does is it stimulates oxyto additional oxytocin. Read the, read the book, hold him, feed, feed him the bottle, and see if that also helps initiate a little bit more soothing. The, the number one key, though, is you've got to calm yourself. You've got to soothe yourself. Read the book, turn the lamps down, if he starts to escalate, just keep breathing and just say, honey, I know it's really stressful. Let's just work on calming our bodies. And I, yeah, if you need to get up, I understand. I'm going to lay here. We're going to work on calming our bodies. I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. See, this is another little unconscious anxiety that starts to kick in for kids, especially when their thinking brain starts to come a little bit more online. Then they start to be able to be a little bit more obsessed about darkness and strangers and again you don't know what his history is so you don't know what could potentially be getting stirred up for him at night that hadn't previously been there but just because it hasn't previously been there doesn't mean it's not still there lurking in the corners waiting to get stirred up so there's that stand work on keep working on that calming yourself number one creating more regulation around the bedtime routine and then don't give up if you need to take a break if you need to, if you've got a, a significant other that you could trade out with, trade out. This is gonna this is a short-term investment for a long-term gain. If you can help him learn to regulate through this over the next, I'm gonna say two weeks to 30 days, he'll go right back to sleeping as well as he did before. But this time it's because you're helping him to really regulate around sleep and really helping him to soothe. Now the other thing I would mention is probably a baby monitor. Because if there's any anxiety around you leaving, which that's common with adopted children, then you tell him if he wakes up, all he's got to do is just call your name and you'll come lay back down with him, right? That's very important. The child has the baby monitor. You practice it. You lay down. This is a hard one. Lay down in bed with him until he falls asleep. This is more sacrifice, but I'm telling you, this sacrifice will pay off magnitudes over time. I, we've, my, myself and my the mothers of my children my two daughters we've all we've all practiced this laying down with our children until they go to sleep if they get if they wake up in the middle of the night we I, I would go back in and lay back down with them or or their mom would go lay back down with them and it they just sleep so much better now so make the investment in the time i know it's 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 uh, can be disruptive but you're a parent and that's what we're that's what we're here to do we're here to teach our children until they are mature, and when they are mature, they will not stray from what we have taught them. So invest that little bit of time there. Um, lay back in the bed, read the book, turn the lamps down, turn the lights down, breathe, 
help him get in touch with his body, consider the bottle. Bottles can be very, very effective. And I know he's four years old, so you're thinking, he's four, he doesn't need a bottle. You'd be surprised if there's an early developmental stage. Remember, you, he's been with you since he was a year and a half. So we don't know what that first 18 months look like. And I, in fact, I just did my Instagram, my 60-second parenting day, 60-second parenting today on Instagram. John Bowlby says that the first three years of our life establish the blueprints for all of our future relationships. So the first, yeah, 15 months, 15 months of his life, 18 months of his life before he came to you is already laid down some working blueprints for the rest of his life. So there's a lot of repair and there's a lot of absence that could be, um, that needs to be made up during that period of time. So I think that's uh, that's about it. You know, give it a shot. See how it goes. Remember, in any given situation, we always have two choices. We can continue to react from our same experiences and imprints of stress and fear and overwhelm. That is a choice. We can make that choice in any given moment. We can operate from fear, reactive, unconscious, or we can stop. We can slow down. We can take three to ten deep breaths, and we can choose love. God bless you. Big Papa loves you. I pray for each and every one of you that your homes, that at night your homes are just uh, having of peace and relaxation and comfort and satisfaction and security and that you wake up in the morning refreshed, restored, re-energized and made whole to your loving self. We're going to make tomorrow a fantastic day. We'll see you tomorrow.